I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi there, and welcome to the SyrupCast. If you're tuning into the SyrupCast for the first time, it's a podcast by Mobile Syrup, Canada's largest independent tech site in which we look back at the week that was in Canadian telecom and tech news. Uh, this is episode 188. We're recording it on Thursday, January 3rd, 2019. Happy New Year. I'm your host, Igor Bonifacic. The good times must come to an end. That's the realization Apple employees are more, uh, coming to this morning after CEO Tim Cook issued a rare uh, revised earnings guidance. Fun fact. The last time Apple issued a uh, revised earnings guidance was back in 2002 when some guy named Paul Steve Jobs, or Steve Paul Jobs, excuse me. That's his middle name. Yeah. I didn't know that. The more you know. The more you know. That is the voice of one Patrick O'Rourke, managing Sorry, editor. I, I just of, destroyed your whole flow, my bad. Yeah, it's all good. Whatever. I have no flow to begin with. Um, in any case, to help break us down all of yesterday's news, we have, as you heard, Patrick O'Rourke. And returning to the show, freelance tech reporter, one Ted the Prince Kritsonis. Ted, welcome back to the show. It's good to be back, Igor. Thank you for having me. Is this when you do your coup d'etat and murder us all? No. Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. okay. Come on now. Let's, let's be nice. Let's well, be nice. You know, <laughs> in case those who don't know what I'm talking about, you should read one book called The Prince by one Niccolo Machiavelli. That's where all of this comes from. But, you know, we're not very cultured here. Right? Yes, we are. Okay, okay. It's yes, just specifically are. me. It's just yeah. specific, yeah. yeah. Okay, anyway. anyway. Uh, Patrick. Oh, one more last thing before we get into the heart of the podcast. Um, if you hear a low whining noise, they're doing some random construction in our office. There's nothing we can do about it except pray that they'll be done by next time. But knowing this office, it'll probably be like three weeks or something. Hopefully, it'll be minimized in post. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, just minimize it in post, right? That's the solution for everything. Yeah, Technology. Technology, man. Um, Pat, you wrote the story. Do you want to just kind of lay the I did. scene as it were? I, and then I can, we'll I get go, into the certainly. nitty-gritty. I can go over the numbers. So Apple now forecasts $84 billion American dollars in revenue for the first quarter of 2019. Um, and that is, I think, a $9, a $9 billion uh, down, on the high end downturn from what they previously estimated. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cook gave like a bunch of different reasons for this. Uh, he blamed the Chinese market specifically. China, China, that, China. Am I right? To- <clears throat> China. <laughs> yeah. Specifically that China's entering a recession. That was one of the big explanations. He also used interesting language um, when talking about the Apple watch series Four, iPad pro AirPods and MacBook air. He said that um, sales were constrained for much of the quarter which I thought was interesting. Mm. Um, Yeah, that's a euphemism. He also said he blamed it on the sales of the iPhone XS and the XS Max, which we know is the real reason. Um, And he said that part of that was in certain regions, the phone didn't sell as well as expected because of the U.S. dollar's strength. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Canada is a good example of that. Phone cost way more in Canada than it did in the U.S. Uh, so those were the reasons. Also, um, that twenty or thirty-nine dollar battery replacements killing the iPhone. Yes, yes. <laughs> that, that, that too. Um, yeah. So I mean, that sort of sets the stage for the announcement you're saying before that this isn't the first time this has happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know there's a lot of commentary surrounding the length of the investor's letter. It was only two paragraphs compared to the like thousand words or something like that that Jobs wrote. Jobs wrote two paragraphs. Or was it the other way around? It was Jobs who wrote two paragraphs and and Cook wrote 1,400 words. There you go. People are focusing too much on that. That's not the point. That's not important. What's important is that Cook Cook tried to, you know, mitigate what I think is obvious, which Mm -hmm. is that the iPhone, which is the cash cow for this company, even now, is just not going to sell as well. They figured, they calculated, hey, if we raise the prices on our devices, we can make up for the loss in volume. Mm-hmm. We're not going to sell as many units, but it doesn't matter because we're sell- we're making more profit mm-hmm. on each unit sold. That clearly didn't work out. Bear in mind now, Q1 is one of the most important quarters, if not mm-hmm. the most important quarter for that company, because it their fiscal starts in October. Mm-hmm. So... For them, oh, their Q1 is normally their Q1, Q1. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So it's different. So, so yeah. So their fiscal starts in October. So that includes the holiday period and typically when their newest devices, the newest iPhones, are mm. on sale. Right, they're available to people. So if that quarter is not doing well, if if it fell under expectations by as much as it did, it makes me wonder what Q2 and Q3 are going to be like for them. Right, because I think so. The interesting thing here is, you know, you obviously reference the jobs letter, right? Yes. And um, it's an interesting kind of inflection point looking back at that because that was a greater percentage difference. It was about 10% that yeah. they altered the guidance, yeah. but that was something like $200 million. Yes. This Whereas, is $9 million. This is, this much. is $9 billion, yes. right? Speaks to just where this company is now as opposed to back in what is now what uh 17 years ago yeah i mean more or less i mean 18 and change but yeah Yeah. i mean basically and it was it was uh at the time though apple was you know it was still an upstart yeah it was an upstart apple i don't even know what kind of headlines that would have even generated at that time for Mm -hmm. for, you know i think and there would have been investors who probably would not have been surprised Mm -hmm. by that news because Mm -hmm. they figured okay you know, Apple still hadn't shown that it was going to be a real serious player moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, or that I- it was back, quote unquote. Right. Because also when he made, when Jobs did that, the mm-hmm. iPod was only months old. Mm-hmm. It, it, it hadn't made any kind of an impact. And it was still an Apple only product. Mm-hmm. The iTunes music store hadn't launched yet. There were still a number of things that hadn't happened. Now, Jobs knew because, of course, he, has, he had a vision mm-hmm. that these things were going to be coming. Mm-hmm. Tim Cook, who's like a, a captain on a ship. He's sailing. The ship is moving. Mm-hmm. There are people on the deck looking forward. It's moving forward, but they see nothing on the horizon. This mm-hmm. is basically how I would describe Cook's leadership. This is Tim Cook's apple. It's mm-hmm. moving ahead, but going nowhere. Nobody mm-hmm. knows where it's going. Well, I mean, I think the better way to describe it is that he kind of delegates some of this, the vision to obviously Schiller. And um, you think Schiller has vision? Well, whether he has vision or not is a different question, right? Like um, the kind of, he obviously knows he's not a product guy, right? Like uh, this is not Schiller, I'm saying this is Tim Yeah, Cook. you're talking about Tim Cook. Yeah. yeah, Tim Cook. Yeah. And he's kind of delegated too much of the vision to both Schiller and to um, 
Uh, what, Johnny Ive? Johnny Ive, yes. Okay, Johnny Ive is mailing it in, though. That yeah. guy should be narrating nature shows yeah. at this point. <laughs> Uh, because I, it, 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 I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know the man. I don't, I'm not, I'm not on the inside. I don't know, but it, it just seems to me like they're, uh, whatever passion he had, it's, I don't know if it's there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Phil Schiller has no vision whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, his foot has met his mouth more than a few times. So I, I don't see if he's delegating to these people, that's fine. I mean, when you're that big, you kind of have to, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I'm not expecting Tim Cook to be Steve Jobs. I never, never expected that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you're going to take that role and if Mm -hmm. you were bestowed, Mm -hmm. like if you're like Jobs gave you that role, Mm -hmm. clearly he would have thought, okay, this is a guy who's going to steer the company in the right direction, but it's got to go somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know? So on that note, um, from both of you, I think this, it's fair to say that this is probably the toughest challenge of his career as CEO of Apple. Where does the company go from here? Uh, do you want to start us off, Pat? And then yeah, can... I mean, I, I I was thinking about it last night after I wrote this story, and and I kind of saw this coming because mm-hmm. I think the person, the consumer who buys an iPhone, is a little bit different in some cases than the person who buys an Android device. Mm-hmm. They're not the type of person who wants like the latest greatest thing. They're cool with buying. Um, like we were talking about it even in the office, but before you came in today, you were like. Mm-hmm. If you had an iPhone 7 and you're not someone who's super into tech, you're probably still happy with that iPhone 7, even in 2019. Like that phone's mm-hmm. still fine. It's going to do everything it needs to do. And that's that's great for the consumer. But from Apple's perspective, that's not good because there's no incentive for them to upgrade. Mm-hmm. I also think that um, in some respects, maybe the iPhone 10 performed a little bit better than Apple expected. So there's less people that want to upgrade to the 10s and the 10s Max simply because it's basically the same phone. Like that was my review. This mm-hmm. phone is fine. It's nothing really wrong with it beyond some strange camera stuff, but it's literally the same phone as the iPhone 10. And I think you can extend that criticism to both the iPhone 8 and the 7. Yeah. Right? Like essentially, like screen aside, these are more or less the same phones. Right? And then like to answer actually answer your question moving forward, like I think Apple knows that sales of the iPhone are going to continue to decline. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe if there's a significant redesign and, and something exciting that comes down the pipeline that they could see, see a jump in sales. I don't know if that's going to happen because I think mm-hmm. they're going to stick with this, this, this design at least for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I can really think of that Apple has that they're, they're working on that we see tons of rumors about all the time is their mystical streaming platform that we yeah. see different different shows and different contracts being signed. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows when that's going to launch? Supposedly early 2019. Mm-hmm. But I think... In some respect, Apple sees that as an additional revenue stream. But then mm-hmm. there's also rumors that they're just going to tack that on to Apple Music as like a value mm-hmm. proposition in the same way that Prime Video is tacked on to Amazon Prime. So maybe there will not be additional revenue resulting from that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's the only new exciting thing that I really see in the immediate future coming from mm-hmm. Apple is that that streaming service. If yeah. I can just before, sure. if I can just, yeah. And I think you can build on this, Ted. I think you know, the Apple has come up against an issue that is the issue of any incumbent, right? Which is like, it is not in their interest, it, at least it was not in their interest for the last 10 years to disrupt what they had with the iPhone because they grew so fat on that, right? Oh, well, for and, sure. Right? Like, for sure. So, I mean, it made sense for them, like, they were disruptive when they were nothing, right? Well, yeah, relatively. Typically, that's yeah. how small companies become big, yeah. is they, they disrupt. But I think fatigue set in here mm-hmm. as well. Uh, people just, I mean, when you come out with, and I think Pat made a great point about 
you know, it, it's kind of an iterative update. You're like the iPhone 10 to 10s really is it's highly same iterative. Phone. Like you mm-hmm. put highly, those, highly iterative. You put those phones beside each other, they look identical. So mm-hmm. if you if you're doing that year over year, and you keep going on stage and you keep proclaiming, mm-hmm. you know, we we've made an even better phone we've made an amazing product we've done this we've done all these things you're, you know you're basically boasting about everything you've done and then the product experience the user experience does not back that up mm-hmm. people and then people start noticing that after two or three years yeah they're not going to trust you the same way anymore mm-hmm. and not only that if you're asking for 1500 to 2000 dollars for them to buy your phone they're going to hang on to that a little longer mm-hmm. and we should also mention that the you know the, the the crap that Apple's pulling when it comes mm-hmm. to repairs uh, mm-hmm. is is another thing that I think is also upsetting people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, specifically with the right to repair or like with the batteries or well, cost well of I mean, yeah. the the battery thing they should have offered as a basically for six months they should have said okay you know what we screwed up we're going to replace your battery for free. Mm-hmm. They should have done. Well, that. And I think you know at the very least moving forward they should just do it at cost. Like every manufacturer absolutely. should do it at cost, absolutely. right? Like absolutely, the, the discount's gone now too. Isn't yeah, the it? discounts yeah. back the discount, to ninety nine. It's, it's back now, yeah. yeah. So, so that's the thing is that when you when you do things that you you claim that you care about your customers, and you have to because ultimately that's your that's where your money's coming yeah. from. You care about your customers, but you do things to inhibit their ownership of the product. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't I go to a third party to get my, 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 my device repaired? And I'm not talking about screen repairs. I'm talking mm-hmm. about, you know, something with the motherboard, something that would cost me far, far less than an Apple store saying, hey, you know what? You're going to have to replace the device completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw, you know, CBC did a great piece on this uh, that we saw where they went undercover in an Apple store. Guy says, okay, your MacBook Pro uh, we're gonna have, you know, unfortunately, it's gonna be very, very expensive to replace it. Mm-hmm. Pers- you know, they go to a third party person, mm-hmm. third party repair shop, and they say, okay, well, we can repair this for 150 bucks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, gluing the why do you have to glue the battery in the phone? By the way, is there I a mean, need to that, do that? Yeah, is there a need to do that? I don't think so. No, yeah. but they do it, and then using like you know proprietary screws and tools and mm-hmm. and all that stuff i mean it, it these things don't help i know i don't want to get off track but it's just yeah. like it, it's just basically i think um there is fatigue with this company generally mm-hmm. speaking mm-hmm. and i had said before that when you're when you're a company that large and two-thirds of your revenue and profit are coming from one product line mm-hmm. sooner or later there's going to be a wall mm-hmm. you're going to hit they're starting to hit that now now to your point pat you mentioned the services and I think that's where I think Cook and his his underlings, mm-hmm. uh, you know, his his uh, the leadership group there, um, feel like there's real growth potential, mm-hmm. right? But again, it's all tied to the iPhone, right? Well, yeah, right. So like th- this come it always comes back to the question: What comes? What is next for Apple after the iPhone? Well, okay, but I, right? uh, to, to address that though, yeah. if they have market research that tells them. The likelihood of someone switching away from an iPhone is, you know, X percent. And let's say the percentage is low. Mm-hmm. They will then perhaps they might calculate and say, okay, well, we may not be selling new devices, but we can count on our customers holding on to what they have. Mm-hmm. That would make it easier to sell services, which, by the way, have a far lower overhead for us. Mm-hmm. Um, the profits can be very, very, very high mm-hmm. on services. I mean, Apple Music, I'm sure they make they make money on that. I'm mm-hmm. sure. So... It'll be interesting to see how how they push 
how they push the services side to try and make up for this loss. But I don't know. What do you guys think? One of the things that I'm interested in um, is is seeing if certain Android manufacturers also run into this issue. Like Samsung, I would argue, probably does a little more every year to their devices. Hmm. But they're always, it's very iterative. It's the same sort of strategy as Apple. Um, Are we going to see projections from Samsung's mobile division where they're not going to have as many sales. Well, as their the sales year. have flatlined as well, right? Samsung. Because they're doing the yeah. same thing yeah. with, with prices too, yeah. right? Yeah, because Samsung's playing the same game with prices mm-hmm. Like too, the Note right? 9 is crazy expensive in yeah. Canada. The mm-hmm. S9 and, is crazy expensive. And they're confusing people with how similar the S and the Note series are mm-hmm. as well. So, And then there's rumors circulating now that the S10, there's going to be like... Three. Four, four different <laughs> models yeah. of the yeah. phone, specific ones in different regions for yeah, 5G. Yeah. Like, so I, I'm just curious if this is not just. I, I know there's specific issues with Apple regarding repairs and stuff like that, but I'm wondering if this issue moves beyond Apple and it's also just a broader smartphone industry problem. Could be. Too. No well, question. I think. You, I mean, so it's. You know, we were. I was joking about the China thing, but like, it is very much emblematic. Like, this is a big picture problem for the yeah. industry as a whole. Like one, I think, you know, 10 years after the 2008 recession, we're due for another one uh, in large part because we didn't address a lot of the issues that caused the 2008 one. But secondly, like smartphone saturation is a thing like in Canada, something like 90, like literally everyone, I I don't want to say 90% because I'm, you know, pulling, um, that's probably not the exact scientifically accurate. It's not, but you know, like certainly everyone who wants a smartphone has one currently they're pretty right. ubiquitous i mean we can say that right so i wonder like even bigger picture than that like what is next for this industry post the smartphone right i'll tell you foldable smartphones <laughs> that's what's coming <laughs> so, uh, i mean what's next yeah yeah that well that's it's a good question and i, I don't know that i have an, an answer per se i mean i know that there's all these rumors about a foldable uh, phone and right. and foldable screens and things like that just changing the entire physical nature of the of the device yeah mm-hmm. that's possible mm-hmm. i think i think the foldable screens thing i think is a bigger story because i think they're going to try and push that for TVs and just about any screen mm-hmm. any screen you can think of you know they'll try to push the fold can it roll can it fold yeah, yeah absolutely for sure so with phones i don't know i mean we we do so much with them as it is mm-hmm. so and i i've said for, from before that it was actually apps that mm-hmm. changed the usability of the device. Like mm-hmm. It was the iPhone 3G that I think was the really mo- that was the most impactful mm-hmm. uh, iPhone. Not necessarily the first one. The first one made a big difference, but it was the 3G that made the bigger one because of the App Store. Mm-hmm. So now we're at a point where we have millions of apps. Uh, it's like a wilderness, actually, if you mm-hmm. really look at the App Store. Like you can go there searching for apps and <laughs> that's a great metaphor. And, and spend a lot of time like getting yeah. lost there. Mm-hmm. You know. So it just gives it gives us a, an idea of where we're at at this point. I mean, even photography, cameras have gotten better to the point where, you know, some of the stuff that we're seeing from a software perspective is just insane. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not Apple driving that, though. Mm-hmm. We're seeing Google and Huawei and, to some degree, Samsung and LG driving the narrative, mm-hmm. I think, with photography. So I don't know that anything's really going to change as far as phones go for the in the immediate future as far as what we do with the device. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Apple probably knows that, which, which is why, hey, we're not going to sell as many, but we can bump up the price, make it feel like it's a luxury purchase, mm-hmm. and that way we can at least make up any shortfall. 
Right, and I think you're going to see more of that with both 5G and foldable phones, right? Because sure. invariably, both of these are going to increase the price of the phone. Right? Well, there's rumors that like Samsung's foldable phone is going to cost upwards of two thousand dollars in Canada mm, for like, sure. That's yeah. I can't even fathom actually dropping that yeah. price tag on a phone. And I know that phones are now like they're not a smartphone's not just a smartphone. It's almost like your personal computer in the same way that you would have owned a PC twenty years ago or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like my mom does everything she needs to do on her phone. She really doesn't need a computer anymore like a standard Mm -hmm. traditional computer but still like back then my parents or my friends or even me i wouldn't have dropped two thousand dollars on on a regular computer Mm -hmm. so to me that's like a hard pill to it's hard to justify it really is right Mm -hmm. like it is hard to justify that price and i know we probably would have said that a while back when it was a thousand dollars i feel like maybe we did have that conversation at that time you know Mm -hmm. when it was a thousand dollars like you know can you drop a grand Mm-hmm. On, on a phone and now we're talking about two grand would mm-hmm. we will it be the same thing will people bite that bullet and pay two grand for a phone mm-hmm. it's hard to say i don't know i mean it doesn't look like they're doing it now because mm-hmm. i don't think the x like the 10s max which is which definitely hit two grand yeah. in canada i don't know that, that one sold really well so i mean he said record number of activations on christmas day right for yes the iphone right? and they also still expect uh in, the, in that same like internal memo yeah apple also Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com still expects record revenue in key markets so they mentioned u.s canada mexico Mm -hmm. uh, western europe germany and and like a few other countries so like Mm -hmm. they're still selling but i also wonder how much truth there is to that statement if they're just trying to offset the chinese market troubles you know what i mean yeah, and, and even I, if they sell yeah. well, like, are they going to sell enough to make up for exactly. that? Obviously well, not. Obviously yeah. not, right? Because yeah. the scale of the Chinese market is so different. Yeah. But I also think like it's kind of the calm before the storm, right? Where There's it's that. like it like if there is going to be a recession, it hasn't hit the West yet. No. Right. And it's it's like they're first feeling it in China, and like I think within the next year or two, like it's going to be unsustainable for Apple to sell these phones at this kind of a price, or well, you know, like. They might still sell them at that. But price. that's where the nuance comes in. Yeah. Because my guess is that it's the 10R that has mm-hmm. sold the best for mm-hmm. them. That would be my guess too. It, it, I think that's the device that's that's probably pushed a lot of those activations. You mm-hmm. you did some and, stories like last week though about uh, sales estimates being well, pushed back by by. So it's all the, the 10X Max that the it I wasn't the 10R. They cut it. Yeah. So I think so. It was uh, I can't remember off the top of my head the name of the research analytics firm that, but it was they cut. Uh, forecasts of the 10s max by half almost okay. or 48 percent okay that's yeah. that's a, that's a big number okay <laughs> that is a huge that's huge. a big number but yeah. and bear in mind also with the 10r apple was offering a trade-in program where you can buy it for 650 bucks if you mm-hmm. trade it in a phone mm-hmm. 650 that's mm-hmm. a long way from 1500 to two grand right mm-hmm. it's a so decent price for high it's a phone, decent yeah. price actually that's the thing i think people would pay 650 for an iphone they mm-hmm. would uh, I, and I can understand why they would. So if that was available, then I can see people taking advantage of that deal. And that deal wasn't two days. They were offering mm. that deal for weeks. So when well, they also have this weird lineup, right? Like where 
like the 10 hour in a lot, I mean, obviously, you know, Steve Jobs famously said, like, if you're going to cannibalize sales, cannibalize your own yeah, sales, absolutely. right? Like, um, but still like the 10s and the 10R kind of fit in this, like they're really weird phones in that, in, in terms of their relationship to one another, right? Like I see no reason for someone to buy the 10s over the 10R unless you're like, oh, my eyes are so attuned to pixel density <laughs> that you know like you know but, you're right and yeah. but, but but notice though that the the 10r was considered overpriced too and mm-hmm. some now uh, for people who are more in the know they would say they would cite the lcd screen as saying okay why am i buying a lower res screen mm-hmm. and paying this kind of money for it's it? only 720p yeah, it's only, yeah exactly now the average pr- person may not have known that yeah. But I think even they would have felt the price was high. But once they dropped it to six fifty with that trading program, I think they probably moved some units. Mm-hmm. Right? People come in there with a you know with a, an iPhone SE or an iPhone six or something or five S, God forbid. And, yeah. And, yeah, and all of a sudden, you know, they've got an, a ten R that they're probably going to be pretty pleased with. Anyone mm-hmm. I showed that phone to was really impressed with the ten R too, because like I know we look at specific things in phones because this is our job, but like mm-hmm. I showed this to my partner, I showed it to my dad, and they they saw like the color and were like, oh, that's cool. That's something yeah. I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. I think beyond the people that are like spec heads, uh, I, the look of a phone is something that people really care about in some cases more so than what's inside it. Mm-hmm. And that's like the the 10R is indicative of that. That's like what the 10R is all about. Yeah. Oh, and also I think, you know, a broader issue for the industry as a whole is like these, the components and parts of these smartphones have become so commoditized that it is like even a mid-range quote unquote smartphone is a really good smartphone, right? Like, um, you know, I pull like technically the, I know the OnePlus 6 is not a mid-range smartphone, but like, you know, that phone does 99.9% of what an iPhone does. How much is it? Uh, I want to say 719 in Canada. Uh, Which in the Canadian the, market with the Canadian dollar, that's decent. Yeah, that yeah. is comparatively mid-range. Comparatively, comparatively based on what yeah. flagship prices are at. Right. right. It's not mid-range in that it's affordable, Yes, if we can say that. I mean, I know we're, we're segmenting the category a little bit here, but yeah. but yeah, I know what you're saying, though. But like, so even, okay... What's a more mid-range phone? Uh, like maybe the LG G7 One. Even that is a terrible example because it's more expensive than the uh, yeah. Or, than, than the. Or um, what does the Moto uh, the Moto Play? The Z3 oh. Play. Yeah. Yeah. The Z3 Play. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, you lose something with these phones, right? Yeah. Like you know, the big one if you're on Android is like the haptics are just nowhere near as good as an iPhone. Yes. Right. Like. Yes. Um, I even say like, you know, the 10R. So, oh. so here's an example. Like Great the, radio here. The, nice. yeah, Wait yeah. for it. S- Samir's looking stuff up for me. So the Moto Z3 Play, that's a that's a mid-range phone yes. through and through, right? That's mm. $799 Canadian outright. Yeah. That's a <laughs> mid-range phone in Canada, yeah, yeah, right? Like, yeah, yeah. That's a mid-range processor. There's like no yeah. argument there. Yeah. And that phone should not be 800 bucks. No, it should Like it's good, right. but it's not. Well, it's like, you know. it's, I mean, so uh, this is like kind of a separate issue of like just how strange the market is in Canada, right? Where yes. there is like, there's a bottom end. And a very high end, but there's like no. There's a bit of, yeah, there is a bit of a no man's land yeah. right now. In that Which, and I think that is also, I don't know if that's the case in other countries, but I th- imagine some of this is like part of the cause of this issue that Apple is un- uh, going through. And a lot of other manufacturers is like 
there is very little in the mid range. Well, right? it's also like, I, I don't know. I mean, think about it because if you have a if you have the big guy saying, "Hey, we're going to charge fifteen hundred dollars for a phone," mm-hmm. and then you come in at seven or eight, you suddenly look cheap. Mm-hmm. Like you look you look more affordable at that point, right? And if mm-hmm. you're one of the smaller companies like OnePlus, and you can you can raise your profit margin just a little bit mm-hmm. by by testing the market that way, I think you probably would. Mm-hmm. So that might be partly what it is. It's just that because the prices are pushing up on the high end, they're being mm-hmm. pushed up in the mid-range as well. Mm-hmm. So what we consider mid-range, when we used to consider mid-range like 400 bucks, that for us was a mid-range phone. Mm-hmm. Not too long ago, actually. Yeah. Uh, and Moto actually played a big role in that. But now we're talking mid-range in the 800, like 800 bucks. Yeah. Now is mid-range. It's crazy. Yeah. And I think the other issue is, you know, obviously like these phones are going up with the uh, rate of inflation but wages aren't going right. Like, yes. You know, yes. Like that's a whole separate, yes. you know, like, yeah. And, uh, and, and that's why they're holding onto the devices longer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just to kind of circle back though, like if we're just going to narrow in on Apple, what is like, what does the next few years look like for this company? Do we like, are just like, uh, the next couple of quarters, is it all like missed forecast? Mediocrity. Yeah. Okay. Mediocrity. Yeah, I think you're going to see I mean, a down, downturn in iPhone sales. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's going to happen. It's an inevitable. I do think you'll see that across the board. It won't just mm-hmm. be Apple. You'll see it at Samsung, LG. I think we're already seeing it with LG. Yeah. Uh, a little bit with Samsung too. Um, and you'll see Apple placing more of an emphasis on services because that's a growth area, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether it's it's um, whatever this streaming service is that I'm so tired of hearing rumors about <laughs> yeah. and I just want them to launch. Or it's other services that they launch. I, I think that that's where you're going to see the growth. Yeah, I see them pushing services big time mm-hmm. uh, because it just it just makes so much sense to do it. Mm-hmm. They have the user base mm-hmm. already. And to push out, I mean, this is all software, right? So if they can sign the right deals, they're just pushing the, they're just pushing the platforms out. And then it just goes from there. Mm-hmm. People have, as, long as, pe- as long as people have the devices, you have the potential for a repeat customer who will mm-hmm. pay a subscription fee. You know, like Apple Music has done pretty well for them. I, I think. I don't know. I, mean, I don't remember the exact biggest numbers. Next I would Spotify. assume yeah. at this point it must be profitable. Yeah, maybe not got, incredibly profitable, yeah. but at, at some point, yeah, it's got to. Yeah. yeah, it's got to be making some money for them. So, if they come up with something, which I mean, you know, Pat, you're reminding me of the rumors of a TV. Years oh, ago. I remember that. Like back I mean, in 2011, that was 2012. relentless, mm-hmm. relentless. They're making a TV. And I, I, I said, there's no way they're making a TV. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen. Okay. They're not going to get into that business because it makes no sense. The margins are too razor thin. And they didn't. Mm-hmm. But a TV platform makes would of, make sense. Yes. So, and they're also the rumors that they're going to, I think, why well, is it even a rumor at this point? Or are they already producing their own shows? Or On the same way that Netflix does it, right? Like co-productions yeah, where yeah, someone comes to them with, with something that's either being proposed or has been finished and they're buying it off them, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I hear conflicting stuff about that. that there's that it's there's already, so many of them, though. Like if you, yeah. if you added up the list, there's probably like 20, 25 shows that have more or less been confirmed at this point. Yeah. So, you know, so obviously they're going to they're gonna go that route because there's real potential there for growth but on the iphone they have to see the light at this point and say like you know what we've probably reached our peak so i so one question i want to ask you which i know i think you're very excited to uh answer uh, and i'd love if both of you uh contribute here but the thing i want to just uh that strikes me is i think apple is right now at a chicken and egg problem right because obviously as you mentioned you like they're going to push these services, right? Because of the user base. But it, how do they keep the user base, right? Like, 
obviously those services play into the part, but they also have to like the phones have to be compelling, right? Like yeah. it can't like um, it's kind of a symbiotic relationship, right? Like these two things have to all be firing at like the same, you know, all cylinders to keep those uh, user base entrenched. It's a good point. Yeah. And it's why they'd want to keep the sales up yeah. as much as possible because they wouldn't want to lose those users. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I wonder what kind of market research they have that tells them how how much or how often someone might lo- leave the iPhone or mm-hmm. leave iOS completely and go to Android. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have no data on that, but I'm curious as to what mm-hmm. that number would be. Uh, but the question uh, is, realistically speaking, how long do you think Tim, Tim Cook's leashes uh, with investors and the board? Um, and then, you know, if someone were to replace him, who do they even find? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not an analyst, but yeah. like, I, I think that he has a fair amount of breathing room with oh, this. Yeah. yeah. Like this is the leash is long. Like this yeah. is not, this is a bump in the road. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure I think they'll figure it out to some extent with the services stuff. It's not like the iPhone's going to disappear. It's not like mm-hmm. they're not, like yeah. I saw a chatter about that on Twitter. Like this is the end of the iPhone. Like yeah, no, the no, company no, has yeah. so much money in the bank. Like they have, a runway for forever probably decades like decades point. right to, to figure this out um and i know that tim cook's leadership has been uh, a little a little rough in, in certain areas particularly with the like millions of different products they have at this point um but i i think he he has some breathing room for sure they're not gonna can him just over this millions of products but no vision yeah uninspired yeah so where do, so where do you where's that where do you go with that mm-hmm. right I, I mean, any time, any, in any interview I've seen with him, I, I just, I don't see any, anything, like any forecasting, any kind of foreshadowing, anything that would indicate to me, like, this man has an idea of mm-hmm. what the future would be. You know, like, I don't expect Elon Musk, like, to come out of nowhere uh, with him, within him, but at mm-hmm. the same time, uh, he doesn't engender any confidence in me that he really, really has a plan that way. Well, that was something Jobs, Jobs did when he came back. Right? Yeah. It was mm-hmm. like he looked at their product line and cut it. Oh, like, he. Oh, yeah. Like 20% of their their products were only left over after he's done with it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It was basically, yeah, just OSX was the only thing that was left after that. Well, <laughs> which he brought with him. Yeah. Like yeah the the base of OSX is what he brought with him when he, when they acquired Next, right? Yeah. Because uh, that's how Jobs came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apple acquired Next. They brought mm-hmm. him, you know, he came back in and then eventually interim meet Reverse CEO. takeover, basically. Yeah. And, and and some of the ideas he had from there ended up becoming the, uh, the iMac. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, Jobs had an idea of where he wanted to go with things. Mm-hmm. Apple may not have invented everything that mm-hmm. they came up with, certainly, but he knew how to, he was a great marketer, so he knew how to make people feel like they wanted something they didn't have. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't realize, oh, I didn't realize I wanted this, but I want it now. Mm-hmm. T- Tim Cook just doesn't have that mm-hmm. factor. Yeah, at the end of the day, he's a supply chain guy, right? Like, and oh, he's done incredible work. He'll make the trains with- run on time, no problem. Yeah. No problem. The trains will run on time every single time with him. But, you mm-hmm. know, if you want to make the train look nice and to, to go somewhere it's never been before, I'm not sure that he can do that. Mm-hmm. That's a good analogy. That is the metaphors today. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we we got to remember that for the headline of the podcast. All right. Just quick, just quick one because you mentioned Elon Musk. Yes. What is your opinion of the uh, L.A. tunnels that he's building? Okay. Uh, I don't As know, an automotive guy, I don't know much about it to be honest with you. Uh, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't looked. I was been focusing on CES coming up, so I hadn't looked at that. But 
Uh, he's he, look, he's got some crazy ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, I'm actually wondering where he wants to really take the Hyperloop idea. Mm-hmm. If he's really serious about that, you know, Hyperloop which mm-hmm. is the, course, with, yeah. with the tubes, where we be, you know, basically because there's no, there's no resist wind yes. resistance, you can essentially travel really, really fast. Um, now I know he was. He was serious about that, and there were a lot of trials that were, you know, they were starting to build. So I don't know. Um, I wonder where. Uh, I wonder where any of this is going. Mm-hmm. All right. At that, on that note, uh, let's cap off with shoutouts. Oh man! Who oh, won? man. Uh, I don't have one. Again, it, Pat. Oh well. Uh, what, what did I play? What's what is game? on the Switch Minute today? Ah, <laughs> uh, it's it's the game. I, I bought it for you. I can't remember the name uh, of Moonlighter. it. Moonlighter. Moonlighter. I've been playing Moonlighter a lot. And I don't really understand why that game's fun because you're essentially just running a store mm-hmm. and finding stuff in caves and then selling it. Mm-hmm. And I'm loving it. It's fun. It's, it's got me back into the Switch for the first time. Nice. It's probably the second time Moonlighter's been a shout-out. I think I did it before when it came out on PC. You did? I did, yes. Uh, but I enjoy it much more. That could be a lie, but No, I'm pretty sure I did. I'm pretty sure yeah. I did. I enjoy it much more on the Switch just because I, I can play it while I'm watching TV. It's the type of game where it's kind of like... You don't need your full attention. Mm-hmm. You you open your store, you got all your stock, and you just let the cash roll in, and you kind of manage it from mm-hmm. from a behind the scenes position. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think that if you have a Switch, you got one for Christmas, and you're looking for a relatively cheap game, I think it's thirty bucks. It's it's worthwhile uh, checking out. All right, we'll let you cap it off, but I'm just gonna s- slot in and say my shout out goes to uh, the viewer uh, experience crew who did an episode they brought came back did an episode on the new black mirror movie or whatever it is bandersnatch uh, bandersnatch I, I i don't understand tv so it's move it's moving pictures you and interactive apparently you can uh, choose how it ends oh that's always good like which to me sounds terrible because like I don't know if I just if I want an interactive something I'll just play a video game okay Brad Shankar <laughs> anyway uh I'll get off my high horse and <laughs> give it to you, Teddy. Uh, I will do a shout-out actually to a show uh, that I saw over the holidays called Bad Blood. Uh, it is a it's Canadian, uh, well, it's Canadian-centric because it is about the Rizzuto family, uh, mm-hmm. crime family in Montreal. And uh, Kim Coates in particular uh, did a, a really great job uh, in his role. And there is a season two as well. So season one's only six episodes on Netflix. I recommend people watch it. You can get through it pretty much in a day or a night. And uh, it's well worth watching. Very, very interesting stuff that was going on there. Mm-hmm. I, I know they, they dramatize some things. and you know, Yeah, they, doesn't... You know. I, I watched one episode. And I thought it was pretty good. I'm actually going to finish it at some point. Doesn't... I, I was reading something where, like, Kim Coates' character doesn't actually exist. Yeah, Kim Coates', Kim Coates character is essentially uh, an amalgamation of, a of, bunch three, of, of three guys. Okay, that's what I thought uh, I read. More or less, because uh, Rizzuto... Vito Rizzuto didn't have just one right-hand yeah. man. He had a few. But um, so they kind of made up the character in that way, um, and and certain things didn't happen the it's way they TV actually did though, the show. Right? Like yeah, you got to make yeah. it entertaining. Yeah, some things were dramatized, like kind of like Narcos. Like not yeah. everything that happened in Narcos was exactly the way it was shown. I'm fine with that. That's it's it's entertaining to me. Oh, you knew that. It, I actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's a great show, and Narcos Mexico is too. I finished that also. I just get tired of the subtitles. Really? I so I loved I love like foreign movies. I watch a ton of it on Netflix, but I have to be in the mood to want to read the subtitles. Ah, uh, yeah. Sometimes yeah. I want to just veg out. Sometimes I'm yeah. doing something else. My attention isn't totally on the TV, and when it's subtitled, I feel like I, I got to be glued to it. I got to read it the whole time. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you. I don't know. I, I like them for some reason. But, um, yeah, again, they dramatize some things in that show, too. Uh, some things didn't go exactly the way they... Who would have thought? But either way, it was very, very well done. Great ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I'm, this might be the rare show I check out. Just because it comes with your recommendation, Teddy. Really? Yeah. Well, you should. You're check check out both. Not just one. Check out both of them. Okay. Yeah. Narcos uh, Mexico is good. Yeah. So, is, okay, wait. Just And Bad Blood. Okay. I'm not going to... I'll ask you guys after the show. You got two things fun. to watch. That's, okay. that's countless hours of TV right there. That is. Yes. Um, on that note, uh, Teddy, where can people find you? On Twitter and Instagram, at by Teddy K, B-Y-Teddy-K, and on Mobile Syrup uh, mm-hmm. sometimes as well. Never Def- heard of this site? Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's some website. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and a bunch of other uh, publications in uh, Canada and the U.S. And if you do check out Teddy's uh, Instagram account, he often does camera comparisons. I do. And then I've noticed you're also shooting with the Z6 at this point. Uh, there was the Z7, the yes. Nikon Z7. Yeah, but oh, I just nice. I just Fancy. bought I just bought the Sony A7 III over the holidays. The A7 III is the superior camera. Uh, in stills, hard to say, but in yeah. video, uh, the, the, the A7 III has is the Is that the camera the you have? No, I don't have <laughs> like two, thousand, two grand for a full frame camera. Uh, well, with yeah. the lens, it was four grand. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that is neither. <laughs> Merry terrifying. Christmas to you. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Tax write-off, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always say. Gotta spend money to save money. Yeah. You have to. Well, you need the tools to do the job. You it's guys, true. You guys the A7 buddies. is the best one for the job. For, well, especially for video as yeah. well, right? When you want the best of both. But the Nikon Z7 is a nice camera. It is. Anyway, Nikon or Sony, if you want to sponsor the Syrupcast, yeah. you can email <laughs> podcast at mobilesyrup.com. Uh, on that note, you can find Mobile Syrup at Mobile Syrup, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. Catch us next week when, we'll, I don't know, we'll talk, probably talk about this CES, Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, Nevada. Who knows what we'll see? 5G, vaping phones. Oh, that's what I'm there uh, for. Now. Looking for that phone. Yes. Uh, smart vapes. Or an AI friend. Or an AI friend. An AI vaping friend. Yeah. Oh, there mm. you go. I'm sure that exists. There you go. There that you is go. the future. Probably 400 see, that's vision. CES. That's vision. That's what's going to save that's Apple. Vision. Services aren't necessary. It's 4G vaping phones. Yes. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. 
That's stamps.com. Code program.